0: Welcome everyone to Couch Potato Diary, happy Tuesday, my name is Peter Klein, thank you very much for tuning in today. Um, I said yesterday would be a two-parter and then some stuff kind of got in the way, so today is going to be a two-part episode, uh, this part one is going to be sportsy and part two we're going to look at uh, updated pound-for-pound rankings in the UFC as well as uh, looking at a recap from Monday Night Raw from last week night so a lot to get to today on this one we're going to be looking at the flames win over the jets how seriously can we take it the canucks lost to the minnesota wild how seriously we can take it um and also looking at nba all-star weekend with a little bit of cfl sprinkled in so a lot to cover on the show today hopefully you like this video literally and figuratively uh hit that like button subscribe to the channel leave a comment if there's something you agree with or disagree with you can also uh subscribe in podcast form get this wherever you get your podcasts. that would help me out a lot leave a review there as well if you feel like it you can also follow me on social media twitter instagram and tiktok i'm at PrimetimeKlein, twitch.tv slash primetime pk and you can email this show couch diary at yahoo.com so all of that is out of the way let's talk some calgary flames So the flames with a uh, win over the Winnipeg Jets a night ago, I guess an afternoon ago and a lot to cover from this one and a lot that I'm going to be a little skeptical of. So I'll save that for a second because the big story here is Oliver Shillington as he gets his first goal since April of 2022. He has been dealing with uh, mental health issues basically between now and then finally back on NHL ice and finally back to the defenseman that we all know he could be. This is an amazing story no matter how you look at it for him to go from like we we all kind of thought that okay he missed a season but now he's gonna come back here this year and everything is gonna be fine and then he didn't and that kind of like not that missing a whole year doesn't mean it's serious but like this was like man that this is really serious what he is going through but credit the flames for their patience credit oliver shillington for working through these sorts of things um taking the time to work through them. A lot of times you, you'll just like try to, uh, well, this is what men do. They grind through the difficult par- parts of their, their lives and the, they just kind of grin and bear it. And he was able to, or he he recognized that that is not a healthy way to go about this and apparently has addressed the situation that needed to be addressed and is now coming back. And just to be able to work through those things alone is remarkable, right? But To now work through those things and to be able to get yourself back to playing professional hockey is another thing. And then to get yourself back into playing shape, to play at the NHL level, and to thrive, it is an amazing story. It is an inspirational story, what Oliver Shillington has been able to do. And you saw on that goal the incredible upside that Oliver Shillington has, where this is a player who has incredible skating ability, he made a, a good read there to get the steal, very good skating to go through the ice and then some nice finish to put that one into the back of the net check check checked all the boxes that you would want to check from a a flame standpoint or from an oliver shillington standpoint he is going to be such an interesting piece going forward because there's going to be some changes on the blue line and we'll get to that in a second this is a guy who is going to get i think some real minutes at the nhl level to really show what he can do and i think it's I think it's so cool, what, what he has done so far in Calgary. As far as this game goes, I'm not going to get too excited about it. Um, I just, I'm not going to forget a putrid loss against San Jose, followed by a really bad one against the Detroit Red Wings. I, I just like, yes, the Jets are a very good team. Maybe the best team in the National Hockey League, but I'm just not going to get too fired up about this. So, um... I I just, I'm not going to take it seriously. I'm not, I I am officially off the wagon of taking this team seriously as even a playoff contender. It should be blown up and restarted, regardless of how well they looked against the Jets. I'm not, I'm not buying in anymore. I like, unless they basically win between now and the trade deadline, I'm just, I'm not buying it. This was the game that shows you how they are going to win. And like, they 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 executed it very very well, right? Like I mean, don't give up a hat trick to Sean Monahan in the first period, and maybe defend the front of your net a little bit better. But this was how they were going to win by just simply, quite frankly, uh, outworking your, your opposition then you get a couple of goals with a hard four check you get a a couple of goal or you get a goal from Kadri off of a really strong play behind your net to get a steal from Perfetti setting up a Manjapani goal um Coleman's goal set up on a good four check Kadri gets a chance that's set up on a good four check from from Pospisil this is how the Flames are going to win by going out there and just working their asses off and yes you saw it for a night that they can do that the problem is it's really hard to do that night in, night out. This is a team, again, there are some pieces that you like, and some things are coming along really, really well. But they're going to be on the wrong side of the skill equation on a lot of nights in the NHL. So that work ethic is going to have to be there 100%. And if it's not going to show up against Detroit and San Jose, I'm sorry, I just don't believe it. So, it's great that they can do this for a night, but they're going to have to put that effort up for the next, whatever, 30 games or whatever is left of this season, and that's just really hard to do. So, the the move for this Flames team to do is to try to get as much back for these players as you can, and go from there. And that leads us to the Noah Hannafin discussion. It sounds like Hannafin is on the, uh, is on the block. And that is absolutely the right move. Noah Hannafin is an incredibly skilled defender. This has been my favorite stretch of watching Noah Hannafin as a Calgary Flame. Um, I think his sense in the offensive zone has really jumped up a notch. His skating is the best that has looked. He is just overall, I think his game has got to a point that it is uh, about as, as good as you can expect from a Calgary Flame standpoint. And he's 26 years old, and if you sign him to an eight-year deal, there's a chance that whole eight years is going to be really good. But the thing with this guy is, like, if you want to take advantage of players like that, you should be in a better spot by now. And this team just isn't, so it's it's time to move on. Like, how many of those years with Noah Hannafin are the Flames going to be really good and and being able to, to really take a full advantage of his skills. And so now the way you take full advantage of his skills is by trading him for an absolute ransom. And there are going to be teams that are going to be looking for this guy. I think he moves to the top of every trade board. I think he is absolutely, from what is left, I think he is absolutely the best player available. And so Calgary now has this opportunity to make that move, make a big splash, and set yourself up well for the future. That is what the focus of this Flames team should be the next few months setting up for the future even if that future is next season setting up for the future um a lot of talk around rasmus anderson as well it would take a lot for me to want to trade rasmus anderson and i I have said before no one's untouchable right like this is not a roster that has it well we couldn't possibly trade this guy but there are some it would take a lot to trade that's, that is That is absolutely for sure. I think that he is a culture setter. I think he's a future captain, um, whether it be with the Flames or with someone else. I think that much of this guy. But that being said, again, if you get an absolute haul, then who am I to say no to that? The, again, this team is not in a spot to be saying no to, to these sorts of things. Um, I do think that one would be a real blow, but at the same time, if you can get like, a couple of picks, prospect NHL, whatever, 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 Um, there, there are going to be teams that are going to miss out on Hannafin and have quite frankly, and are going to be looking at um the, the exact type of player Rasmus Anderson is. I've said before, and I get the Flames haven't, but he's the type of guy you win with, right? He can play playoff-style hockey. He, I, I think we have only scratched the surface of what this guy can do offensively. There's so much to his game that you really like, and I I, I think the world of the kid... But at the same time, if someone blows my socks off, I'd have to consider it at least. Um, just one more thing here: the Kuzmenko stuff is interesting because this is starting to follow kind of the same trajectory as Vancouver, right? Where okay, couple great games, and now oh, he's kind of he's kind of fallen down the lineup a little bit here. That's um, that's not ideal. That's not great. And it just, it starts to build and it starts to build and it starts to build. So we'll see if he can kind of get it back on track. I thought he was good on the power play goal by Kadri. I think he provides a real weapon on the power play and um, just an element of activity that that the power play didn't necessarily have before. So it's gonna be interesting to see how Kuzmenko kind of goes about things going forward and how this Flames team goes about things with him going forward. What about his former team? Because that was insane yesterday afternoon. Let's talk about the Canucks. So, the wildest game maybe of the season takes place yesterday afternoon as the Minnesota Wild beat the Vancouver Canucks or the Minnesota Vikings in a a strange cross-border battle beat the BC Lions 10-7, the final. That was absolute... Insanity. Even like from the start, Vancouver, their first two shots of the game go in. They had two shots with a minute to go in the th- in the first period and they were up do nothing. And then, so it, you look at that, it's like, well, maybe Vancouver deserved to lose that game. And then they're up like uh, a couple multi-goal leads that just evaporate because they keep taking penalties and Minnesota keeps taking advantage. Just a- an absolutely insane game. That being said, I don't know how much there is to actually read into that sort of thing. Like it's a hilarious timing for me because I do a video last week. You know what? I think we should take the Canucks seriously. And then they go out and give up 10, but I still, I I don't think you sound the alarms. I don't think you, oh, well now they have to trade Pedersen. I don't think it's anything like that, but I do think it is kind of a, a nice little highlight on the fact that this team does still need maybe some help on that blue line. Um, and that's where the Calgary Flames come in, where we just had the discussion about Hannafin and, uh, Tanev. They need, I, I think they need a Tanev more than a Hannafin, but I mean, fuck, they just gave up 10. They probably need both. Um, and it's with Casey DeSmith and, and blah, 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 blah. But th- this team is still probably a defenseman away from being that type of a juggernaut. Um, but I, I don't, I, I think this is one of those that you kind of burn the game film from and you move on. Now, they have to move on quick because they're taking on Colorado tonight and that's, not an awesome bounce back opportunity for them but like overall I don't think you panic off of this from Vancouver I think you absolutely try to stay out of the penalty box you can't even I, mean, I guess you can kind of fault the penalty kill because they were taking penalties while on the penalty kill um but a couple th- uh, five on three goals it's tough to to get that back so uh, overall I think Vancouver is going to be fine from this um but Jesus, man, that was that was absolute insanity, and maybe it does highlight that Vancouver needs uh, maybe one or two more things. Out in Toronto, the Leafs get another win uh, without Morgan Riley, and just this morning, the suspension has been upheld. That makes sense to me. I, I did the video last week. I thought it was a wild overreaction from Morgan Riley. I, I said like. I have no problem with Greg with um, Greg hot dogging it. I have no problem with the Leafs wanting to respond. I have a problem with how they responded, but I have no problem with the desire to respond. And I have no problem with the league then suspending that response. And I the Leafs then should try to appeal. And the league should be like, yeah, fuck off. Uh, no, he cross checked the guy in the head. We're gonna give that five. Um, credit the Leafs for playing this well without Morgan Riley. And maybe this is this ends up being the. The, the, the rallying cry that this Toronto Maple Leafs team has desperately needed all season long and here they come now en route to a championship and and, and great for them but credit to them for for stepping up in in these types of ways and it's some guys who you've absolutely heard of and some guys who you have never heard of stepping up in these big time ways for um for the Leafs. I'm not going to say, well, trade Morgan Riley now or anything like that. But I think that what this does kind of reiterate, not that the Leafs were going to be sellers or anything like that, but as much as we like to get on Toronto a lot, this is a good hockey team. This is a really good hockey team. And I, I think it kind of drives home like, oh yeah, there's there's a lot of talent on this group that we can lose Morgan Riley for five games um, and go 4-0 to start that. So... I, I would expect Toronto to be very aggressive at the deadline. We know um, that the show's based in Calgary. We know Brad Treliving very well, and he is very aggressive around deadline time. So I'm, I'm sure Toronto will be making a real push for that. We'll, we'll see how it all goes, but I, I would expect Toronto to make another move. But this has been this has been a really good run and really does kind of drive home just how good this hockey team really is uh okay that is it for the hockey discussion the nba all-star weekend went down uh this weekend people had thoughts i'll add to those thoughts now so lots of talk about the nba all-star weekend this weekend huh um it was not the most entertaining and a lot of discussion now, how do you fix All-Star Weekend? What do we need to do about All-Star Weekend? My The, the way that I have fixed my personal NBA All-Star Weekend, don't watch. Don't care. Um, and it sucks, because like I, I did like All-Star Weekend at a time. I've never been a big All-Star Game fan just in general, so I'm not missing out on a whole lot. I would like it if the, the, the dunk contest was a little bit better, for sure. But it's just simple. Don't watch it. Like, if if it's that bad, then how do we fix it? Just, this is the way, as as sports fans, we get to vote, right? We're not in on collective bargaining, nor should we be. Um, We're not in on rules meetings, nor should we be. But if if there's something we don't like, don't watch it. Like, people tweeting by the end of the game, oh, that was terrible. You could have told three minutes in that that was going to be bad. It's not like it was wildly competitive and then just fell apart at the end. 200 points scored at halftime. You knew at that point, yeah, this is probably not gonna be something I'm going to enjoy. Let's hate watch it for another hour and a half, shall we? That's ridiculous to me. Just don't watch it. Like that 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 is my simple solution to All Star Weekend. If you don't like it, don't watch it. Um yes, the the, the product on the floor is really quite terrible. But I, like, it, it, it's an interesting balancing act, right? Because we want players to be more invested in the the, the regular season games. We want them to be invested in the, this play-in tournament thing. At least the NBA does. And they were. To their credit, they were. Um, and we don't want these players sitting for extended periods of time in the regular season, especially on nationally televised games. And teams, for the most part, have have bought in on that sort of a thing, right? So then it's, it's tough to say, but also, work your bag off in this game that doesn't mean shit giver like it just it's a weird balancing act like it it, it's supposed to be a marquee event for the league and it's supposed to be all of these types of things and yeah it would be fun if a team with 12 hall of famers taking on a team with 10 hall of famers really went at it and really battled each other that would be a blast it would be super cool why though you know, like, I, I feel like one of the things that we as sports fans have kind of picked up on that wasn't necessarily there, because before, when when it was, like, back in the 80s and the 90s, and even parts of the 2000s, one of the cool things about it is you didn't get to see these guys all the time. You know, like, as, as, um, as a Raptor fan, we, like, here in Canada, we're a little bit spoiled, because we get all the, we, we get a bunch of sports, right? Like, we get... Like, all the games that people in the States get on national TV, plus our national networks will just throw on a fucking Bali sports broadcast of the Clippers and Grizzlies on a a Tuesday night for no good reason. Um, Other than, you know, it's on and they need the content, so we get it. So it's a bit different here, but... For a long time, the only time you got to watch these teams play were if they were playing your team. And by the way, your team's All-82 or whatever they played at the time, those weren't even on TV all the time. Um, The only time you got to see them was when they played your team and only on select occasions. So then you get all these players in one spot. This was your chance to really see them. Now you can watch any player you want on any night at any time, really. And so that, like, the desire for that, I do think, has gone away a little bit. And so, like, at this point, as a sports fan, it's like, why do I care? I get to see these guys all the time. Like, having—it's neat that Giannis and whoever and Tatum are on the same team at the same time, and it's Curry and LeBron and Jokic. Like, oh, could you imagine if they actually tried how cool that would look? And yeah, it would. Um, but we get to see, like, LeBron versus Giannis all the time now, Um, and we get to see all these types of matchups, so there's there's a part of the spectacle that has just kind of gone away. But also, like, I would... I would be a little disappointed if Steph Curry was gaming it all he got in the in the All-Star game and then rolls an ankle and now he can't play for two weeks and this role that Golden State was on it is kind of gone. So th- there there is a weird balance with, with all of this. But if you want to actually fix it, instead of my suggestion of just don't watch it, um, if you actually do want to like get into this and see how to fix it, I have a solution. And it's not a solution. It, it, it starts with a sentence I don't say a whole lot but the NBA should follow the NHL. <laughs> the NHL has turned their all-star game into a series of three-on-three tournaments. So do that. NBA Street is one of the most uh, romanticized games in the history of video games. Do that, three-on-three. It, it, my my official solution, I think, like just put hour on the clock, halftime, hour on the clock. Um, you have a series of, three te- of um, three-person teams. And maybe even four so we can get a sub in there, right? But you, you have a series of four-person teams. And you just play, you know what? King's court. Winner stays. First team to 11. Three-pointers are worth two. Um, we can play full court if you want. We can play half court. We could, it, It's all-star weekend. We can. We just put lights in the floor. We can make it an abbreviated court. And let's like let's do like just street ball style. Let's go out there, have your fun. First team to 11 wins. It gets it moving. You can have like, a, there's a natural spot for commercial breaks after each game, um, or if you want to call a timeout or whatever, like that there's spots for commercials. And then it's just whichever team has the most wins at the end of two hours is the winner. And how you decide those teams, it could be a draft, it could be each player throws their shoe in the middle, and they just toss shoes out, and those are the teams. Um, you could do any, mini, mini, mo, fans vote on what teams they want. There's a number of different ways you could do it, but just have, like, two one-hour halves, teams of four, three on the court, and then you have a sub. And you do it like rec ball where the sub has to run in and out. And you just go. And whichever team ends up with the most wins at the end wins the All-Star game, and they get $500,000 and a new Kia Sportage or something like that. That is how I, personally, would fix All-Star Weekend. Also, um, the slam dunk contest. There there is a lot of crying about the slam dunk contest. And yeah, like, the the, the dunks, we are kind of running out of Limit, um, running out of innovations that the human body can do while flying 10 feet in the air and dunking a basketball. Unless we implement trampolines, there there, there is but so much the human body can do with some of these dunks. And so I, I think one of the issues is, if like like Jalen Brown was out there and all of a sudden it became a little bit more like, oh, let's see what he can do. If John Morant was doing the dunks that Mac McClung was doing, we'd be losing our minds because it's star power along with it. We wanna see stars, right? That's why the whole weekend exists, is we wanna see stars. And I love that the NBA does just like, whoever is the best gets to go out there. And so instead of just who is the uh, fastest skater among the all-stars, bad example, because Conor McDavid's obviously the fastest skater in the NHL and he's always gonna be an all-star, but instead of whoever's the fastest skater, it's just the best dunker overall but at the same time, we want to see stars in this, right? That's why, like, the the Jordan dunks at the time were, were very innovative, and we look back on them fondly, but it was Jordan doing them, right? If it was whoever, if Horace Grant was going out there and doing some of those dunks uh, and rocking the cradle and stuff, it would be neat, but it wouldn't have been as big because it's not the superstar. We want to see the stars. We want to see LeBron in there, right? It was great when Dwight Howard was doing the dunks. Um... We we wanna see that. And so I think if you had those same dunks, but with the superstars of today's league, instead of guys, um, I think it I think you would add a little bit more to it. So I, I think all that's missing is star power right now, uh, which is a funny thing to say about NBA All-Star weekend. The highlight of the weekend was obviously Sabrina versus Steph in that three point shootout. That was so cool to see and so awesome that Sabrina uh held her own in that and probably would have won the uh the, the men's uh championship. Um, so that, that was really, really cool to see. But overall, like, it was a bit of a dud weekend that I found out about on social media. That's how I consume All-Star Weekend. I would highly recommend it. Uh, let's wind things down here with a little bit of football talk. So CFL Free Agency rolls on, and a big name is off of the board, as Tim White is staying with the Hamilton Tiger Cats. This is probably the biggest move the Tiger Cats have made so far this offseason, and it kind of feels like it doesn't matter. Um, I, 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 I really, like, if the, the Riders folded tomorrow, I would probably start pulling for the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Um, They're just, they've always been kind of the riders of the East, right? Always feeling like the plucky underdogs, have had some great teams, ran into some heartbreak, extremely passionate fan base, yada, 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 yada. So I I do not come from this from a place of hatred towards um, Hamilton, but you can bring in all the weapons you want if I don't trust your quarterback, I'm not going to buy into it. And right now with Hamilton, I don't trust the quarterback. I don't, I didn't see anything from Bo Levi Mitchell two years ago that made me to believe that last year was going to be any different. And I certainly didn't see anything from last year that makes me think this upcoming season is going to be any different. Hamilton, I think has, uh, pardon the pun because of his, his Calgary roots, I think they've kind of attached the wagon to the wrong horse. And they are kind of just trying to ride that one into the ground. And I, I I just don't see a world where it works. And when you look at the moves, like Montreal won the damn thing last year. Toronto, is, they've lost quite a few pieces, but are probably going to be awesome because they have the best player in the league at quarterback. Um, so there's two already ahead of you. Um, and then you look at Ottawa, I love the moves that they make with Brown and Rimes. Uh They haven't done a whole lot since then, but do I like that combo better than Bo Levi Mitchell and Tim White? I think I kind of do. So Hamilton is in a really difficult spot and they've tried to shuffle things round, uh, around there. I just don't think it's going to matter. Um, they need to get that quarterback spot figured out. And unfortunately for them, they are financially tied to that quarterback and it's going to be really, really difficult, I think, for them to be able to to bounce back out of that one and make their way uh, up, the, uh, up the ladder in the East. Would love to be wrong because I love Bo, but... I just, I simply don't see it happening. Uh, all right, let's close the show today here with today's ticket. It's an all NHL card because it's an all NHL night. Four games on today's ticket. We will start with the Florida Panthers taking on the Ottawa Senators. Uh, The Panthers have started to find their stride, and Ottawa never really has. Uh, So we will go Panthers minus a goal and a half. It has been a very rocky time for the Pittsburgh Penguins. I think that continues tonight against the New York Islanders. We will go Islanders, just to win at plus 114. Uh, Vegas taking on the Nashville Predators. The Preds have been absolutely shit pumped in a couple of games. They're coming off of a win, but they've had a really, really rough stretch. Well, Vegas is Vegas. So I like the Golden Knights to win this one by a couple. I'm going Vegas minus one and a half. And we talked about the Canucks at the start of the show, so we'll end the show with them as well. Going up against Colorado, that was a wild one last night and I think a little bit dispiriting. So coming off of a back-to-back where you just gave up 10, i i think colorado comes in and picks up a big win over the canucks so i'm going colorado minus 140 on the money line so um panthers by a couple over ottawa islanders and uh, avalanche to win over the penguins and canucks and the golden knights by a couple over nashville that is today's ticket and that is part one i promise of today's show. Part two, we'll be focusing on the Ultimate Fighting Championship in the WWE, as uh, there's a new champion in the featherweight division, one of the top pound-for-pound fighters just lost. So our pound-for-pound rankings, shaken up a little bit. We will look at that, and we'll recap Monday Night Raw. So a lot to get to on uh, the show coming up. Make sure one more time you hit that like button, uh, subscribe to the channel. If you are uh, listening in podcast form, by the way, if you have only been a YouTube watcher, um, I, you can get these in your ears uh, in podcast form wherever you get your podcast. Just search Couch Potato Diary. Make sure you subscribe and leave a review. If you want just more of me, I'm on social media, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. I'm at PrimetimeKline, twitch.tv slash PrimetimePK. You can email the show, Diary at yahoo.com, or you can find us online at facebook.com slash couch potato diary. Thank you guys so much for tuning in today. And I'll talk to y'all in just a little bit. I'm out.